welcome to driving into the future and good morning once again Tiago here for one more episode of driving into the future it's been quite of a journey so far uh, lots of excitement and uh, it was actually quite fun for me to make this episode but I believe that series one is almost finished and later on I'll come back for uh, a series two let's see how it goes but Today I was thinking about something special, uh, something that people have been talking about and what are the importance of it, which is the Hyperloop. So most of the people heard about the Hyperloop concept maybe four years ago when uh, Elon Musk, so the CEO of Tesla, SpaceX, and the previous one of the creators of PayPal, so he mentioned before that he was going to solve the way that uh, traffic was uh, conditioning lots of cities and uh, the amount of time that it will take to go from point A to point B between two cities or something like this. So what he did back then was to release a white paper. So white paper is just an open paper to the community um, where he mentioned or suggested a quite interesting technology called Hyperloop which will be having, in a way, a train inside of a tube and that will travel faster because this tube will have uh, almost a vacuum, so almost nowhere inside. And that way there will be very little resistance, so it's going to be faster and so on and so on. So this was his uh, overall idea. And he said, I don't have the time to start another company right now, so here's my ideas, here's my knowledge, just uh, continue and uh, do your own companies on this. So this was pretty much what he did. Uh, the important thing is that even before all this, uh, actually I've been hearing about something like this kind of high-speed train style traveling for, I don't know, maybe 10-15 years, even so, even way before uh, Elon Musk. Uh, but in overall what it means is that we have something that uh, we use on a regular basis to travel between uh, distances and eventually we'll cut down a lot of the, the time for traveling and it's going to be you know more stable and uh, doing more stops than uh, airplane will do on similar trajectories. so eventually even on the security point of view is going to be uh, faster to do the check-in and all this process rather than the, the, the airplane. So, after this, many companies uh, started unveiling their plans. They started even making competitions. Elon Musk even supported some competitions so that they could generate this kind of technology. Uh, the concept, again, as I said, uh, it has two main principles. So, one of them is being a tool that uh, almost has nowhere inside, so it's called a near vacuum uh, scenario, so it's almost nowhere, uh, and that way one of the hardest things, and uh, as I'm doing this while I'm driving, so one of the main problems is that you actually have a lot of air and wind against you, so your car doesn't burn the, the, the gas efficiently, mostly because of the all of this energy against you so otherwise if it was not for the air it would be 
easier for you to keep a velocity as soon as you arrive there rather than keep always accelerating and always trying to push forward uh, even to maintain the same speed the, the second thing is that they're actually going to use uh, electromagnets uh, to, to speed up the, the train and to, to keep it going fast but that's something that's already happening with the uh, maglev and uh, some of the fast uh, fast trains so the main thing here will be aligning this technology with the tube without uh, without the air inside or at least not much air inside so with these two scenarios will make quite interesting and quite fast and comfortable to travel between two cities so the two main companies it was uh, Virgin Hyperloop One and Hyperloop TT so these two companies they were the two biggest rivals to start and what they start doing, even to get funding, was selling the idea to the maximum amount of people so that they could support it and, of course, invest on the idea. So, for um, Hyperloop One, uh, big partners like India, Saudi, and even UAE, uh, they talk about Hyperloop One and what they could do with uh, this Virgin Hyperloop One. So, Eventually, uh, so they sign in here in UAE, they signed the deal with the RTA, the Roads and Transport Authority, that takes care of the transport in, uh, in Dubai, which is amazing news. On the other side, and this was somehow a little bit surprising, but it's how competition works like, in Abu Dhabi, uh, with the big push from Aldar, the construction company, they announced Hyperloop TT. So, and again, it's great when two companies are on the same country. And Hyperloop TT, they are doing lots of tests in France. They have also their own test pod in uh, US. So, again, both companies tried to secure funds and to go in different uh, directions, which was quite interesting to see. But my main concern right now is that, so, in theory, if their plans go as planned. There will be two things happening. You'll have uh, Hyperloop TT between the um, center of Abu Dhabi, maybe Abu Dhabi Airport as well, and uh, Al Ghadir, so which is the border between Abu Dhabi and Dubai from uh, Abu Dhabi side. And then you'll have most likely from uh, the new airport, Dubai Al Maktoum, um, you'll have the Hyperloop. Uh, one, so the Virgin alternative, um, actually going from uh, from one airport to the other, so probably going from there, passing by Burj Khalifa, and then going to the to the old airport, so Dubai, sorry, Dubai main uh, airport, and that again could be a great idea. Uh, and again, all of them they are announcing as uh, great uh, opportunities, and uh, basically they will need to have uh, a lot of testing, concepts, and all these things. And more important is that eventually, between uh, the new airport, uh, Dubai Al Maktoum, on the way to the new airport, to the old airport, sorry. Uh, there will be something in the middle, which is the Expo 2020. 
And as everyone knows, the expo, besides being a, a way of showing the world and seeing a lot of opportunities and ideas being presented, it's also one of the places that uh, the innovation and the new creations are introduced to the world. So as a marketing opportunity would be the biggest launch and the most interesting thing to happen on uh, such an event. So I will believe that will be something like a really wow factor uh, announcing the first usable Hyperloop uh, during the Expo 2020. So the thing now is that the Expo 2020 is gonna start in October 2020. So it means that we have still uh, an year and a half to go. Um, but on the other side, it means that we need to not only create the tubes, doing all the system tests and everything before the Expo to start so it's gonna be quite challenging and uh, but again it's still possible and it might be one of the biggest wins of the technology to prove something like this and again because it's gonna be in Dubai there are two options or it's gonna be just between the Al Maktoum airport to the expo so it's not too far away so it's gonna be a like, I don't know a five minutes ride which is gonna be quite interesting uh, and that will be a very wow, big wow factor. The other option is to be between the Dubai International Airport, so the main airport, to the Expo 2020, but that it's a bigger distance. Bigger distance is more things to solve, more problems. So I guess it's going to be a big risk. And the third option would be uh, between uh, Al Gadir until. Uh, the, the expo and again Al Gadir it's let's say on a normal driving it's maybe 20 minutes from uh, from the expo actually uh, you know when you hear the speed bumps when I'm driving it's mean that I'm arriving next to the expo uh, side so and usually it's when I, I arrive to my seven eight minutes of recording plus the ones on the on the previous road that I'm not actually recording so, but again, it's a 10, 15, 20 minutes drive from one to the other, which means that on the Hyperloop, again, it's going to be, you know, five minutes. Uh, and the reason that it, it's a, still a, a big time is because you need a lot, a lot of time to accelerate and then some time to be on the maximum speed and then some time to brake, to the, decelerate as well. So eventually that's why it takes more time to, to do it. Uh, but anyway, so this is the, the main idea behind the Hyperloop. Uh, but my main concern, and that's where the not as good news came up, is that when you have two technologies like this, and uh, we had the examples of before between Betamax and VHS, between Blu-ray and uh, HD DVD. So when two big brands, they try to bring a product to the market, they're essentially very similar, but they are not compatible between each other. So what happens is that when the, this example of HD DVD and uh, Blu-ray, both of them they had a big amount of uh, storage available. Both of them signed contracts with uh, key partners, 
and both of them uh, had uh, very interesting aggressive releasing strategies there were movies that were only released in HD DVD there were movies that were only released in Blu-ray uh, eventually uh, if I'm not mistaken uh, the PlayStation only uh, had the Blu-ray on their system and Xbox had the HD DVD and both of them you know tried to back each one of the candidates but the important part and again this episode is about the Hyperloop not uh, the other technologies what happened is that one of them became the the winner let's say the new default one and the other one became part of history but not something to be used and whoever invested millions on the technology they had a technology that was now worth it pretty much zero what I'm worried about and that's my negative review about the Hyperloop is that having Hyperloop 1 and Hyperloop TT competing it's great to bring the technology faster but then you might end up having a tube of let's say I don't know the exact dimension that they are planning to do but let's say you have a tube of 2 meters and on the other side you have a tube of 2.2 meters and then you'll need to create an adapter and eventually the, the rails will not be the same so you need to create an adapter or eventually you have a high speed train from for example from the center of Abu Dhabi to the border of Abu Dhabi then you need to get out on a car go from one option to the other get to a new station and then go to a new type of vehicle and keep going and again if that happens it's not going to be the smoothest uh, kind of journey so eventually there are two options or they will agree on something say that uh, the same size of the tube same size of the rails same kind of basic security specs uh, and then it's just uh, like uh, two brands making the same train or they will disagree which is I guess the more likely and you'll have two systems and whoever is going to be the new standard will implement the new system and the other one will have just some you know failed tests as part of the of the history so this is the, my main concern of uh, the Hyperloop and especially because Abu Dhabi and Dubai they signed with different people we might have uh, a converters issue in the middle so that's something that I look forward to see how they're gonna solve it uh, but again ending on a positive note is gonna be an amazing technology to bring people together will bring uh, cities together uh, and again things like what I'm doing right now which is uh, 45 minutes driving every day from my home to work it could be cut it down to maybe 10 minutes of course yes I need to go to the station but on my case it's great news because apparently one of the stations is gonna be in Algadir which is like having a station at home it's it's brilliant um, but yes then eventually I'll still need 10 minutes to to arrive to uh, the nearest station and again I believe that in Silicon Oasis gonna, they're gonna have something soon maybe in, again two three years but let's see how it goes and then I could be in my work at uh, in uh, 10 minutes which is gonna be amazing and if I need to go to the Abu Dhabi airport it will be also 10 minutes 
So I think that's going to be an amazing opportunity uh, that's going to change a lot of lives. Um, especially as between Abu Dhabi and Dubai, there is no uh, alternative of just have cars or buses. You don't have like a train. So that could be an amazing, uh, an amazing thing to happen. So let's see. Anyway, it's already been a long episode. Uh, as I said, I'm not sure how many more I will do, but we'll talk about it other day. Today it was about Hyperloop. Thank you very much to survive until the end. I hope that you're enjoying. What I've been noticing is that people, uh, so actually, we're getting less and less people listening the entire podcast. So we have people listening to only half of it. So I'm not sure if I will go down to have a very short podcast, like six, seven, eight minutes maximum, uh, because lately these long podcasts not having as many people listening to it. So I'll see what's what to do. But anyway, for now this episode is on. Thank you very much for your time, and see you tomorrow. This is driving into the future.